me again. Hey guys, welcome to another episode. Before we get into it, this episode is brought to you by Happy Valley, who strives to give everyone the premium cannabis experience by providing consistent quality products and exceptional customer service. It was founded by longtime cannabis consumers who are frustrated with the industry's erratic experiences and lack of accountability. Guys, they really do have some of the best in Massachusetts. I was honestly giving up on dispensary flour because the quality I was getting was not there. I was so disappointed. But with Happy Valley, they cure their cannabis flour for two weeks or more to provide an enhanced terpene profile, ideal moisture ratio, and increased psychotropic potency. You can tell the difference there because <laughs> their pre-rolls are filled with pure ground flour, never trim. And if you're a cannabis connoisseur, you can easily tell the difference between their brand and the others. Didn't get that promotion you wanted? Happy Valley. Your crush left you on red? <laughs> Try Happy Valley. Not only in the stressful times, but in the good times when you have the chance to enhance any moment. Why not pick up your own stash to enjoy? Visit Happy Valley in East Boston today to get 20% off a single accessory with the promo code dope. All right, let's get into it. So today I'm here with Caitlin. She is a cannabis nurse practitioner who's been certifying medical patients since 2017. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for inviting me onto the podcast. Of course. So how did you decide to become a cannabis nurse practitioner? So my background is in holistic medicine. Um, I am a certified Hatha yoga instructor. I've been herbalist. I practice body work and energy work for years. I do Reiki and um, had a pretty good thing going in New York City as a massage therapist. And then uh, the 2008 recession came and the wellness centers that I worked at were just going down like dominoes. And um, so I was doing a lot of soul searching and always had in the back of my mind, maybe someday I could work with medical cannabis um, as a nurse practitioner. So I got it together and I did a bachelor's program in one year of nursing, a nursing program in one year, which I do not recommend to anybody ever, ever, ever. <laughs> and then the master's I completed, it was maybe a year and a half after that. And, um, so I fast-tracked it through, um, nursing school and the graduate program. And, um, I was, as I said, I was in New York city at that time. And, but I'm from Shutesbury outside of Amherst, which is a little hill town, a wooded hill town with, I grew up on a dirt road <laughs> and not locking our doors. We lock them now though, just for anyone who's listening. <laughs> <laughs> no one get any ideas. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. We learned that lesson. <laughs> but um, and, and I had just come to the end of my time in New York as a country girl and um, set some intentions and got a job actually at the um, Minute Clinic in Amherst. Um, saw a lot of UMass students there and um, and then worked in the Northampton Minute Clinic is, you know, urgent care, a lot of prescriptions for antibiotics, a lot of per, 
people um, wanting prescriptions for things that I would never use personally use prescriptions for. Mm -hmm. I don't use a lot of medicine um, if I can avoid it or prescribed medicine or that is. So um, it was not a good fit. <laughs> Let's just say <laughs> it was not a good fit, um, but a good experience. I learned a lot. And then um, in late 2017, towards in late fall 2017, um, Massachusetts at that point had some sort of computer glitch that did not allow nurse practitioners to certify for medical cannabis. Um, it, oh. We had been allowed to before, then they'd started a new computer program and then we were blocked and they must have fixed that. And so um, actually a coworker who really was not interested in cannabis medicine saw it as a potential for some quick money and sent me a link on Indeed that she saw that um, a local clinic was hiring and I jumped at it, jumped on it, figured it all out and was moved, took a huge, huge career leap, plunge um, into, you know, kind of the unknown and became an independent contractor working at an established certification clinic and worked there uh, all over the state. Um, traveling, you know, sometimes driving two hours each way, plus two and a half hours each way. Um, learned so much from my patients. And I had become a cannabis patient very, very secretly in 2017, earlier too. I was terrified that I would see someone I knew or still very much in the closet as a nurse practitioner. I'd had to take drug pass drug tests, not just take, but pass drug tests for nursing school for, um, for jobs and um, cannabis has been my ally for a very long time, like over 30 years. So it was, it was very, it was, I was in a tough spot and coming out of this and diving into working in the industry has been amazing. And, you know, being able to support other people and help them find their way. And also my own personal development, being able to be myself, so. I love that. And you, you took that leap, you know, and a lot of people, you know, don't want to take that risk, but you were like, I'm going to learn how all of this works and I'm going to help people. And that's beautiful. <laughs> so yeah. amazing. So can you explain how the endocannabinoid system works? Yes, I can. The endocannabinoid system or the ECS is a system of receptors and um, endocannabinoids, which are similar in structure and um, activity to some of the phytocannabinoids or plant cannabinoids from cannabis sativa. Um, the two most well-known endocannabinoids, endo is like internal, are anandamide and 2-AG, and there are a few others. And these um, fit into our cannabinoid receptors, which are throughout our entire body, nervous system, reproductive organs, cardiovascular system, it's throughout our entire physiology and the purpose of this system is to maintain balance or homeostasis of all of the other systems. It is the master regulator. It is not taught in nursing school. It is not taught in medical school. And you know, people listening to this who are just learning about it, 
might be ahead of their primary care providers if their PCPs haven't taken that step to learn what's the buzz about medical cannabis and why does it work and why do people love it? Yeah, it's actually crazy how they don't educate it. Like, how, when do you know when they figured out about the endocannabinoid system? When yes, it was it was a, a process with a bunch of different researchers. Um, you know, in 1964, Raphael Mishulam and his team were they were you know really discovering THC, clarifying the structure of CBD. In the uh, 1980s, Alan Howlett and her team discovered the cannabinoid receptor. I think it was 1992 that Mishulam and, and his team really put together that the endocannabinoid system and found the endocannabinoids and, and isolated them. Yeah, that that's crazy how they discovered it so long ago and they just kept it under wraps and no right. one was getting educated about this. Like if we all have this system and th that regulates us and balances us, I wonder what learning about it could do for us, especially <laughs> with different conditions. Because if it's unbalanced, you could figure out with these cannabinoids how to balance it again, you know? Absolutely, absolutely. And that is the point. And there are other ways to balance it besides the endocannabinoid. I mean, the endocannabinoids are the what creates, helps to regulate the balance and the homeostasis, but there are other ways to bring about balance beyond cannabis. Yes. And, mm. you know, these things like meditation, breathing, eating good food, avoiding chemicals, pesticides, fertilizers, not over-consuming alcohol, you know, their chocolate, eating more chocolate, these different things that help that bring balance in addition to cannabis. Yep, for sure. So what are some conditions that you have certified medical patients for? Oh boy. So the probably the top ones are anxiety, depression, PTSD, insomnia, migraines. Mm -hmm. And then beyond that, um, nausea and vomiting. Um, one that I actually learned about from my patients, which was so amazing that they taught me was um, Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, which is a syndrome of hypermobility of joints and chronic pain. So often, you know, if you had a friend growing up who was able to bend their thumb back or do, you know, put their ankle over their um, head or something, they might double jointed, <laughs> Yeah, double jointed. Yeah. And it actually can be really painful. And I've found had several patients with Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, um, cancer, arthritis, mm -hmm. um, rheumatoid arthritis, autoimmune diseases, fibromyalgia, um, there, the list goes on and on. And in Massachusetts, we're super fortunate because they the CCC did leave us um, an other area. So there's a list of suggested conditions like Parkinson's and MS, which are other conditions I've also certified for and um, cancer, HIV AIDS, and then there's other. So Ehlers-Danlos syndrome would go into the you know mm -hmm. other category because it's more rare, but the, um, really it's just such, such a huge variety of conditions that people find um, relief using De cannabis. Yeah, definitely. I went to renew my medical card recently 
And the list popped up again of all the different conditions. And I swear it got way bigger (laughs) (laughs) from last year. So I wonder it's going to (laughs) extend because there's a lot of conditions that could potentially benefit with cannabis for Mm -hmm. sure. So what kind of, this is a very, you know, big question, but for example, for someone with anxiety, what kind of cannabis products would you recommend for them? Well, you know, I have, so for a new patient, brand new, hasn't tried cannabis, cannabis before, might be a little nervous about it. Um, I always recommend to start with a one-to-one product. So one-to-one is an equal ratio of CBD and THC. Um, and to start with a tincture because it's very easy to count your drops and be very systematic with dosing and start very low and slowly increase. Microdoses can be so effective for anxiety and sometimes too much THC can um, have dose dependent adverse effects. So too much THC can cause anxiety and paranoia and, but lower doses can be perfect. That could be your sweet spot. And everyone's dose is so different some people are sensitive to two milligrams and some people are taking 20 to 50 hmm. and obviously or an edible. And um, so it's really important to just be systematic, start low, slowly increase. And I recommend the one-to-one products because CBD and THC have a beautiful synergy and CBD, so THC fits right into our cannabinoid receptors and CBD um, kind of attaches on the outside and partially blocks the receptor mm-hmm. and what, how this, um, kind of manifests is that we have less of the side effects from THC, less of the anxiety, less with THC, you can get a little, uh, transient elevated heart rate, which can feel like anxiety. So you get less yes. of that. You also get less of the THC associated memory, short-term memory loss, and it slows down the process of build, building a tolerance as well. So they work so well together and it's just um, really important to start start carefully and be aware. And this for, is so different for people who are brand new to cannabis medicine because this is very, you know, very different from here, have some clonopin and take half a milligram um, three times a day and, you know, just take your medicine and don't think about it. This is tuning in and listening and paying attention and journaling. And it can, it can be frustrating for a couple months until people find their dose. And then people can really get into the swing of it. And I also recommend CBD for, for anxiety specifically, I would recommend CBD only products as a supplement. I mean, CBD with a tiny bit of THC is even better because they, the synergy goes the other way. THC gives CBD a little boost, but um, high CBD products, usually don't feel like anything. They're great for daytime. You can take it first thing in the morning. You can take it a couple of times during the day, capsules, gummies, whatever, and um, has a cumulative effect. So it really doesn't feel like anything, but after a couple of weeks to a month, it really, um, it actually works with the serotonin system, increasing available serotonin in the brain. It can decrease anxiety. It helps to balance out the nervous system. So it's a wonderful supplement to bring in, in addition to THC products, which are a little more about symptom management. Yes. I definitely, um, tell people that CBD it's like, it builds up, you know, it's sneak attack. <laughs> you'll see, yes. you'll use like a creeper. <laughs> yes. 
Yeah, you, uh, most people, they can tell the difference when they stop taking CBD is what I heard, like, because, you know, it's not very obvious in your face like THC is. And with my friends who have anxiety and they stopped uh, smoking cannabis because, you know, it freaked them out, <laughs> I would recommend uh, using hemp flour, like smoking hemp flour, just CBD or Delta eight. And this is what I was going to ask you. How do you feel about Delta eight? flower. So I feel like Delta eight, um, is a great option for people who are in states where medical cannabis isn't an option. If that's what, you know, they have access to, I am a hesitant to recommend it because it's on in, it's a bit unregulated currently. And so there is some danger of, you know, solvents not being thoroughly cleansed from the products of you know, that they're not being thoroughly tested. Um, you know, if you, if it's possible to see a full, um, certificate of analysis for a Delta eight product, I would recommend going with that, the, mm -hmm. those products, um, because this is, um, because of the, um, the current, I mean, it, it kind of, it's in a, a bit of a loophole legally so that people can offer sell, you know, create offer sell Delta eight, but it's not as well regulated. So the safety is not as well known. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just learned how it, uh, I think they dip it into something and some chemical, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of iffy for now, but the products that I've tried that, you know, I've seen, you know, test results and stuff, my friends love it. Like they would rather, have Delta eight because it relaxes them so much. And it's not like a crazy, you know, head high that will confuse you. It's more like just really relaxing. And when I was in Miami where, you know, cannabis is only medical, I couldn't get anything. I was, there was Delta eight everywhere and they were branding it like crazy, like get you can get cannabis here. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And I walked in all these stores and it was either Delta eight or CBD. But when I smoked their Delta eight, it was like, I was smoking weed. Like it was so wow. similar. It was very strong. I was not disappointed. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, for pain, for example, what kind of products would you recommend like body pain for, you know, the, a lot of people get good results with topicals. Mm -hmm. um, I was one of one podcast I was just listening to. Someone was talking about THC. Was it the, I think it was actually the one, it was one of your podcasts. Someone was talking oh. about the THC only um, topicals being effective, which surprised me, but because we have the receptors for um, cannabinoids all through the layers of our skin, but usually it's the CBD that activates them a little more strongly. But so I have heard from some people that THC topicals are effective too, mm. but I usually go for a one-to-one -one because of that very reason. And then again, you know, it depends. Um, is this, is somebody, um, having to, to leave early, go to work, drive to work, work all day, you know, are they sitting at a desk? Are they unable to, um, consume during the day cannabis, you know, then I might suggest a CBD or CBG product during the day and then switching to, you know, bringing in THC when, once they're at home and able to relax and wind, bringing in a one-to-one, -one. if the pain is um, interrupting sleep, uh, maybe a one-to-one -one edible through the night taken right after dinner on a full stomach. If it's um, 
if they're on, you know, on disability or retired and home all day. A lot of people really like to um, microdose with inhalation, which is great for breakthrough pain. You could get a nice base layer going with the one-to-one tincture or an edible that's going to be long lasting and then bring in um, inhalation, either, you know, smoking or vaping flour, or, you know, of course, some people prefer to vape cartridges, um, small doses throughout the day for breakthrough pain um, or for like if, or that might be a good option for, if you do have to go somewhere four hours later, five hours later, you don't want a long lasting product. So there's just so many different options out there, but um, again, back to the combination of different cannabinoids, CBD, CBG, CB, uh, THC. Yeah. Can you explain what CBG is for the people who don't know? Yeah. So, um, CBGA is the first cannabinoid that's that is um that develops in the cannabis plant as it's growing and then we call it that's like the mother cannabinoid and THCA and CBDA both develop from THCA in the trichomes along with the terpenes and um then with heat those are activated into um, THC and CBD and so with CBG, a lot of great research is going around, along around um, CBG right now and CBGA, finding that it is anti-inflammatory, it's helpful for migraines, it's helpful for autism, mm. um, non-euphoric, it's not intoxicating. Some people find it energizing. It can also help with stimulating appetite. So great for a daytime option. If you're in a situation where you're not able to use THC to stimulate your appetite, um, you could, you know, use some CBG, maybe half an hour, an hour before a meal. Mm, Very nice. And I've also heard about the cannabinoid THCV. I think that's the one that could, could it suppress your appetite? Yes. Yes. That one can suppress your appetite. And in the eighties, they actually made a, um, pharmaceutical based off of this. So this is actually a cannabinoid receptor blocker. The Mm -hmm. other one stimulated and this one blocks the signals coming in. And they made a pharmaceutical called Raymonaband that was um, for appetite suppression. But what they found is that taking this one piece and applying that to the body, you know, this one cannabinoid receptor blocker activity caused suicidal ideation. And I think that this is a really, so they had to pull it from the market, but I think this is a beautiful example of the, of how the, the importance of the entourage effect, which is in cannabis medicine, the whole plant, whole plant extracts, you know, full spectrum oils, Rick Simpson oil, these different or, or even a, a homemade tincture, you have all the different cannabinoids and you have the terpenes and you have the flavonoids and they work together and they balance each other out. You can't just take one out and, and use that and, and get the same effects. Yeah. I'm like the pharma's trying to take these cannabinoids and make them into their, you know, little drugs. I'm like, you can't do that. Like (laughs) it doesn't, it doesn't work the same. It's synthetic. Like it needs to have, you know, terpenes, the cannabinoids, the entourage effect. It's so important because each one has like insane, like properties and they all work together. Amazingly. Like when I look up, you know, 
the health benefits of certain terpenes or certain cannabinoids, like they're discovering a lot of amazing stuff. One is anti-inflammatory, one's antimicrobial, one's oh, like <laughs> it's it's mind blowing. I'm so excited to see what else they're going to discover that this plant has. Yes, me yeah. too. It's like we're at the tip of the iceberg right now, and because yeah. we've been blocked by prohibition for almost a hundred years, and oh. like, what would what where would we be? without that in right. Israel, they're, they're giving soldiers with, who had to, who have had TBIs, high doses of CBD as soon as possible to prevent brain damage with really good results. That's, that's awesome. what, you know, that's what it could look like here. We could actually prevent brain damage. We could prevent neuro chemotherapy induced neuropathy or diabetic neuropathy with these yeah. med- with cannabis medicine. Yeah. And there's like, amazing cannabis scientists out there looking for new strains. I watched this really cool vice video of the scientists going into like in the heart of Africa and trying to find these rare strains that had a lot of THCV and they had to like pay all these, uh, uh, what villages or communities to get through like they went on a boat for days like they suffered (laughs) just to get to this land that had all these amazing cannabis plants and you know they're paying them to you know sample you know bring it back home and the villagers were like why are they so excited about this cannabis like what's going on I want a piece too (laughs) yeah they want that Durban poison landry (laughs) (laughs) yeah but they were saying like if they can make strains with a lot of thcb they could prevent like you know maybe obesity or other stuff like that like help people out yeah yeah it's really cool like we can have strains that help people with eating disorders and we can help make strains that uh, prevent potentially from obesity yeah that'd be really cool and And diabetes all of these conditions that are absolutely manageable you know by changing your lifestyle and your diet and, you know, all these different things that we've been encouraged to not do over the past hundred years as well. Yeah, definitely. It's not just cannabis, (laughs) not just Mm -hmm. promoting, like it's not a cure-all you definitely, the rest of your, you know, your diet and your lifestyle has to, you know, meet up to the par, like eat healthy and take care of yourself. And I'm learning about how like I'm, I'm honestly getting scared because I'm reading this book called um, I can't even find it. What stopping uh, different disorders by how you eat um, or diseases, and they were saying how you know they put compounds in like our toothpaste and all these other like things that we wouldn't think would hurt us that cause cancer and all this stuff. And I'm like, uh, like mm-hmm. I'm really about yeah. to make everything myself. Yeah. Shampoo, sunscreen, deodorant. I mean, like, I just think of some masterminds. They're like, how can we get more chemicals into these bodies and cause more illnesses? So they need more pharmaceuticals to manage their illnesses and have horrible lives. And (laughs) I'm like, are they doing this on purpose or do they not know what they're putting in there? They just discover this and they're like, oh, this works as some kind of binding agent or something. And then they put it in and then they discover, oh, it's doing all this terrible stuff to people. No, the forever plastics have been in the news a lot the last year. And it's really disturbing news, you know, yeah, entirely preventable, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, It's all a mess. So I really want to talk about terpenes because this is a topic that I'm really interested in. 
Mm. So uh, I don't even know where to start. So uh, I know pinene can is a bronchodilator, right? It yes. It really helped with my asthma. I want to know if um, you've had patients come to you and talk about terpenes and stuff for their conditions, or you recommended certain strains with certain terpenes for certain conditions. Um, but I want to say, I said this in my last podcast, but um, I inhale, when I inhaled XJ13, which is a strain that has a lot of pinene, I completely stopped like one of the most annoying coughs I've had. And like completely, like I was nonstop coughing, took two hits of it, gone, like the rest of the day. And mm-hmm. I was so shocked. And it happened the same next day, same thing. And then I got really bad allergies and I couldn't even breathe in fully. My, I could feel my chest tightening up, like it, it would stop, you know, it would squeeze. And I got Blue Dream, which was the highest pining offering strain I could find at my dispensary and I could fully breathe in again Mm. without that tightness and it really blew my mind so and I know there's a lot of research going on for pinene um what about the other terpenes the limonene anything about that educate us (laughs) you know one of the first things is um dispensaries that like the CCC, I think really in Massachusetts or in all of the different States with, with access to cannabis medicine, there needs to be a real push to make this information available to the consumer because pining is your magic terpene for your asthma, Mm -hmm. but some patients with PTSD can be triggered by pining because it's also a memory consolidator. It helps provide clarity of mind and reduces the short-term memory loss that THC provides, which can be a real godsend for some people who are struggling with triggers and trauma and trying not to remember it. So, um, you know, not having that on the label is, it's like not listing peanuts or, you know, wheat on a food label. So this is something that's really important and something that I'm working on with my business partners to increase knowledge about, and we're pushing for, you know, some um, regulatory steps to be made around this too. Um, But in terms of, you know, so that's another kind of side of pining is that it's not for, for everybody, even though it is a wonderful one for daytime, for clarity of mind, for, you know, it's for energy, it's lovely. Um, limonene is another one that um, known to be, you know, in our more citrusy cultivars, um, you know, grapefruit, which is actually a favorite of mine that I have not seen for a very long time, but you know, your lemon haze, any, any lemony um, kind of cultivar and um, great for energy, for focus, um, for depression, for uplifting they actually did a study where they pumped limonene terpene into a nursing home in this, in the air as a scent. And they found that depression levels lifted among all of the residents. Wow. I thought that was pretty fascinating. The other side of limonene is that too much can cause that anxiety. It can be a little too racy. Yeah. So, you know, there, you gotta have some balance and then, so you might want to balance out your limonene with some um, linalool, also found in lavender, nice and relaxing. 
and a little more sedating or mercine, very common terpene in a lot of different cultivars, also more sedating and um, grounding. Um, and then uh, beta caryophylline. This one is very exciting because it independently stimulates our CB2 receptors, which are known to balance immunity and inflammation. So CB beta caryophylline is um, a, a cultivar that's commonly found in is um, Pineapple Express. And one of my patients, this here's a great example of learning from a patient. And she said, for some reason, when I smoke Pineapple Express, my arthritis just melts away. And I was like, well, let's look it up and see what's going on very high in beta caryophylline. Mm. And so now I know when people are struggling with, you know, inflammatory issues, inflammatory arthritis or other, you know, inflammatory bowel disease, other inflammatory issues, then bring in the beta caryophylline, look for pineapple express or other similar cultivars. This just explains how important it is that we get educated about the terpenes. Cause you know, if you're trying to help yourself uh, with your certain condition and you're choosing the wrong strains and they have, you know, high in limonene and you have anxiety and you're like, oh, cannabis doesn't work for me, but you don't know what is possible because you don't know about the terpenes or, <laughs> you know, yeah. like this is yeah. crazy why they are, you know, I, I'm guessing it's because, you know, it's still federally illegal and, you know, they still have to do more research and they can't really make medical claims on, you know, probably the dispensary websites and stuff. All I see is just like the, at least some of them have like the terpenes labeled, but not all. And it's like, you need to know. <laughs> I you need do. To know. You need to know. And this is what the whole, these, these, these terms, sativa hybrid indica, what drives this, these are really marketing terms, sativa, sunrise, indica, you're in the couch, hybrid, best of both worlds. Um, but what's really driving that are the cannabinoid profiles and the terpenes. And so, you know, I have purchased a quote unquote sativa from a dispensary that just made me feel really tired and, you know, run down and really, I was, it was not what I was looking for. Mm -hmm. And so I went back and, and we looked at it and because they didn't list the terpene profile, we looked at it together and the bartender was talking, he was like, yeah, this is really more of an indica profile, terpene profile. I was like, well, then why is it listed as a sativa? You know, that's, that's not good marketing. And that's, you know, yeah. Yeah. Like you never really know what you're going to get, especially, especially at this dispensaries. Like my friend was like, I need a sativa. I'm going to knock out if I smoke this. And I swear I smoked that with her. I went home and I knocked out for two hours. (laughs) This is not a sativa. (laughs) It's, I definitely think dosage also matters because if I have a little bit of, for example, if I vape a little bit of XJ13, which is, you know, the uplifting strain, I will be energized and really focused. But if I have a little bit too much, I will be so tired. And, you right. know, you got to figure out how your body works. Yeah. Yeah. The, the little bit, you're probably getting a little more of the terpenes and then you increase the THC, it accumulates, you have a little more kind of a- additive effect and then the THC is, is sedating. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So we talked about the cannabinoids. <laughs> so uh, we talked about how, you know, CBD can be very helpful for anxiety and uh, pain all these other things, inflammation. Also, they were finding it, you know, they were finding 
during the last couple of years that people who take CBD regularly have less severe cases of COVID. And then they had that a study within the last year from Canada showing that THCA, I think it was THCA and CBDA both um, decrease the ability of the COVID-19 virus to attach to human cells. So to the epithelial cells. So, you know, they're, they're, you'd have to consume a lot, but it, it, these are some interesting things that we're finding and, and CBD does help to kind of modulate the immune system too. Yeah. And well, I haven't gotten COVID yet. So maybe I, I remember reading about that and posting it like in the very beginning of COVID, I was like, this is not, you know, uh, certified by doctors or anything, but this is what I found online and it's really cool, you know? Oh, you know what I want to ask you about? You mentioned how, um, you have, you certify, you know, medical patients who have HIV or AIDS. Uh, can you talk about why they would choose cannabis? Well, you know, in the nineties, the, the HIV AIDS movement was, you know, this is what part, part of what built the foundation of the medical cannabis movement was really HIV AIDS. Um, and Donald Abrams is a doctor who he was doing studies in California on HIV and AIDS, HIV positive AIDS patients and their use of cannabis. And he actually had to frame it in a negative as like, what are the, the dangers, but all they found were, were positives. So, but you know, this is also at a time when they had, um, you know, the, the medications that were being developed were very hard, um, to, to manage. There were a lot of side effects, um, a lot of, and people are having a lot of nausea, a lot of, um, cachexia or wasting and, and weight loss and losing appetite and, and, and chronic pain. And of course, um, immunosuppression and, you know, just, so, so there are a lot of different reasons caused by the medications that people were using cannabis at that time. And then, you know, the disease itself, when it's uncontrolled can cause all of these, you know, th these things as well, the nausea and the wasting and pain and fatigue. And so now we have a lot, we have our, the medications that are available are much better they're a lot easier to maintain and people can, you know, live with HIV um, and keep their T cell counts pretty high. Um, and so, you know, this, and so it's a kind of a different story now, but I think a lot of patients are, you know, same things, you know, we're using it to, to keep stress down, to sleep, to manage appetite. And if they have any nausea to reduce nausea. So, you know, um, and hopefully using some CBD to help modulate their immune system, keep their immune systems high, along with, you know, diet, good, good rest that they can achieve by using cannabis also, you know, so there's just so many different ways they, that it all works together. Yeah. I've, I've heard how cannabis can, for people with autoimmune disorders, I think that their immune system is working too hard, if I'm not wrong. So I heard that cannabis can actually like calm it down and help people with autoimmune disorders, make their immune system even stronger. Right. Yeah. It's 
Yeah, in that sort of um, just that modulation, you know, what it, what needs to happen here? And this is, you know, a lot of it is CBD too, coming back to CBD. Um, it the way it attaches to the receptors and either makes them more sensitive or less sensitive to our endocannabinoids and to other phytocannabinoids. It, you know, it's, it, it's amazing really to think about like, it just figures out what you need and does it. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. It really does. I remember, so I, I remember when I first um, started working in this industry and I was having pain, some chronic pain. And I was like, okay, I'm going to medicate at, you know, while I'm working. And this is a new thing for me because I had been, you know, very afraid to do this for, for a long time. And honestly, I had no, it, I, my mental capacity was not at all diminished. The, the medicine went to where I needed it and treated the pain without causing me to lose focus or, you know, affect my ability to function. And I think a lot of people do experience that too. Yeah, definitely. I'm at the times when I'm like, oh, I, my body hurts so much. I feel like I ingest cannabis and it goes to the place it needs to go. Like I start feeling sensations and like, say my knee hurts or something. And I feel it there. I'm like, what is going on? (laughs) It's like the working stuff in there. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I still catch myself. Um, you know, waiting till, I think this is really common with a lot of patients um, or consumers waiting until the ex- appropriate time of day, which is usually evening. You don't have your alcohol until like after, you know, four or five o'clock PM. And cannabis just for insomnia, right? And so that pain is accumulating through the or the stress and the anxiety and the tension. And then there's more to treat in the evening. And, um, oh, somebody, somebody has just arrived here. <laughs> just a second. Do you, hold on just a second. I'm at my friend's house. <laughs> no worries. Okay. Maybe they're gone. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Um, so it accumulates and you wait for this, like, um, appropriate time of day when it's okay to consume. And then there's so much more to treat. But if you can find ways to microdose and find ways to kind of keep things down and, you know, bringing in these different combination ratios um, is, is key to that, I think. And so that in the end, you might find you don't really need it for your insomnia as much. You might just fall asleep as normally because you're have less stress and less pain accumulated through the day. I'll do this with migraines all the time. I'll have a migraine. I'm like, oh, why? What am I? Why? You know, this is horrible. This migraine. And then my business partner will be like, smoke. Why aren't you smoking? I was like, oh yeah, I do have medicine that helps me immediately. Yeah, <laughs> I always forget. Like cannabis can literally, you know, it's like night and day. Sometimes I'll be like, oh, my stomach really hurts. Like. Oh, my head hurts. Everything just feels off. I feel gross. And then I have cannabis and I feel normal again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. yeah. So many people say that it makes them feel normal. Makes mm-hmm. us feel normal. Yeah. It balances it out. World. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, this was amazing information. Tell us about your education company. Okay, so um, I with, work with two other nurses. One is, her name is Julie Battle. She's a nurse midwife and um, advanced practice nurse midwife. And the other is Marissa Fratoni. She's a holistic RN. Um, and they we've teamed up. We are creating cannabis education. There is a required industry training for all everyone in the cannabis industry in Massachusetts. It's called responsible vendor training. It's pretty compliance-based and we're sneaking in as much of the endocannabinoid system, the social, political, and medical history of cannabis and you know how cannabis works in your body. We're putting as much of that in as we can without making it longer. And then beyond that, Next coming up is will be a new requirement for advanced curriculum. And this is where we'll get to take these deep dives into all the different terpenes and the different cannabinoids and the ECS. And, and I want to do a course on um, mysteries, myths and histories about, mm -hmm. and the history about cannabis. And um, I'm going to work with some other nurses. Um, another friend in Vermont is um Jesse Lynn Dolan, she's the president of Vermont American or Vermont Nurse Association and a cultivator. And we want to work with her to bring in some more cultivation education as well. And um, do some work with some other nurses with social equity pieces and just try to provide like full spectrum education for the, the industry and then also for healthcare providers and health professionals who haven't learn this in school and who would need to be educated because guess what people use cannabis all over the place <laughs> yes it's like the most commonly used like uh recreational substance i think yeah and yeah. and most people lie to their doctors about it too so yeah. you know if their providers and nurses are educated about it and can ask questions without judgment and understand why people might want to use this instead of being like, oh, cannabis use disorder, check, put it on the medical history. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you have nausea and you use cannabis, you must have cannabis hyperemesis syndrome. <laughs> that give you that diagnosis and that'll follow you for the rest of your life. So this, this is our goal is by providing education to the industry, to out you know, the bud tenders are, get, they're feeling questions every day. What does this do? Mm -hmm. I have arthritis. I've never used cannabis before. What should I start with? How do I help my sleep? You know, um, how can they provide this information without giving medical advice and crossing that line that is dangerous, you know? Yeah. And you, there are a lot of potential drug interactions the list of 15 medications is a totally different story from a, you know, 25 year old who is on, you know, nothing, maybe taking yeah. um, vitamin C or something like that. Mm -hmm. So how to get this, this education to the people who need it the most so that they can spread this education to other people and we can have safe consumption and reduce the stigma. This is our goal. And, you know, by, Nurses uh, have been voted the most trusted profession for, I think, 20 years or more. And so we're hoping that by being the ones to provide this education, you know, if it's coming from us, maybe people will start to listen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. Like, can anyone who's interested also learn about this stuff with your course? 
Yes. Yep. Um, we will be creating this as a self-paced learning, like online modules that are available for purchase, um, you, know, you know, in smaller chunks so that they won't have to be, you know, at a four hour responsible vendor training that talks about all the compliance and the regulations. So we'll be kind of chunking them down into little pieces. And then, um, you know, you can catch us presenting. We'll be at NECAN in Vermont, NECAN in Vermont at the end of the month. Um, we're presenting there and uh, we talked to, um, did a, a Zoom presentation for Cambridge Public Library. We're doing, you know, Zooms here and there. And now that things are opening up, we'll be doing more in-person events as well. That's awesome. Like educating our bud tenders and our health professionals is very important so we can help more people. <laughs> for sure. Absolutely. Spread the word, you know? Yeah. So how, where can people find your education company? So um, it's called Azala Education. And the reason it's called Azala Education is because Azala was one of the first written words for the medical use of cannabis in ancient uh, Mesopotamia and Sumeria. Oh. It was written in uniform and they, actually, they had several words for cannabis and Azala was the one used for medical use. So it's A-Z-A-L-L-A education.com. And, um, I think that's our, that's our Insta handle and we're on LinkedIn and Facebook Azala education. And then I have a separate website, Azala wellness, which is more around, um, individualized consultations, certifications, new and renewing certifications. And I'm licensed in mass Maine and New York and, um, Julie, who I work with, and she also certifies patients she, um, she's listed on there as well. We do that through our partner group, Green Network Providers, a nonprofit based out of Eastern Mass. And they, um, that we call them our green team. And we, with our green team, we are, you know, providing those consultations and the education and certifications. That's awesome. So guys, do not forget to pick up some goods from Happy Valley when you want to unlock your premium cannabis experience. Visit the Happy Valley store in East Boston today to get 20% off a single accessory with the promo code DOPE. All right, this was an amazing podcast. You said so much awesome information and I will definitely list your uh, links in the description so people can check out and see where to find you. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that you found me and asked me to come and join this podcast. Thank you. Yeah, this was awesome. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season 1 of Dope History is now available at DopeHistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at DopeHistory.com.